It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Eric Kane, Brent Hubs, Rob Lewis, and Austin Price. This is the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, presented as always by Exterior Home Solutions. If you need roofing, siding, windows, a garage, contact Exterior Home Solutions today. They've been locally owned, or they've been local and trusted since 1999. A free estimate, 865-524-5888 or online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. Got a whole lot of questions to get into today, but Brent Hubs, I do want to say we got a big game this week, a big sale on the site this week, 50% off your annual subscription for your first year at VolQuest.com. No better time to join the site than right now. Absolutely. There'll be plenty of reaction uh, this weekend. There'll be plenty of discussion leading up to this weekend. Tons of content from us. Um, interaction on the message board, great conversation taking place. Um, the, the the game day thread, the game thread alone is, is worth the price of admission at half price for an annual subscription. So uh, be sure and check us out. I promise you won't be disappointed. Uh, half price is a great deal. And, and again, uh, you won't be disappointed by what you get uh, at VolQuest.com. So be sure and check us out. That's right. Join us and you can help me find the missing 12 minutes of a football game. Yes. Uh, at ballquest.com. Yes, it's the scavenger hunt for Austin's 12 minutes. <laughs> I'm, not that old. I'm not that old. You're going to laugh at yourself, man. Absolutely. 100%. All right, let's go. Let's start things off with Gulf Coast Vol. Um, can you remember a time when the Vol's offense looked so out of sync like the Vol's this year, but went on to have a really good offense and offensive chemistry? Basically, what are the odds that this offense gets back on track? versus what it looks like with the struggle bus on the, that side of the football uh, against Austin P and a little bit against Virginia? I mean, it's, it's hard to compare. I mean, the offenses are so different. I mean, has there been times where, you know, Tennessee didn't run the football particularly well and they got it going? Sure. I mean, I guess the most logical comparison to everybody, uh, Austin and Rob, is probably the Jonathan Crompton Lane Kiffin year, right? I mean, that was that, that offense against UCLA was uh. – was dreadful. I mean, it was well, bad. What was the final score of that game? I want to say it was three to two, but I don't think it was. <laughs> it wasn't hardly. That bad. No, that was Mississippi State Auburn. It was like it was like years ago. I mean, it was like thirteen ten or or ten seven or something crazy like that. And everybody was like, you know, quarterback play was so bad. And then they go and play Georgia and they start rolling Crompton out, and all of a sudden he throws for three hundred yards and. Um, Lane Kiffin predicted a win during the week because he said Georgia was easy to you know, to go against and they were easy to defend and he would never lose to Mark Richt and all this other stuff privately. Um, tell that story now. Statute of limitations are passed. But uh, but that's probably the last time, right? I mean, we're, we're, you saw a real transformation for an entire year. I mean, you had you had the one moment Pruitt's year where that, that year where, Pruitt, where they, Jerry goes to Auburn and throws for 300 yards and you think he's figured it out and then all of a sudden it didn't go that direction. After in, that, in, in hindsight, you realize he was he was throwing to two NFL receivers in in hindsight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, three. That was a that was a one game anomaly. That the Crompton thing. Once Crompton fit, once it clicked for him at Georgia, they were a total different offense down the rest of the stretch of the season for that team. Yeah, I mean, like we're, we're to a point where we're we're comparing eras where they, they were bad on offense. And I know you're talking about just a couple of games, but I mean, you look at the, even the last like six, seven years, like where they were at under Jeremy, where they were at that last year under Butch. I mean, this team, I, I know it's Virginia and, and Austin people. They're still averaging basically 40 a game. I mean, like 
You know, I mean, like, like I've been, we've seen bad boys. Like this, oh, this may be a headache. This may be like mind mind numbing at times with the three and outs, but it's not what we've seen. No, no question. It's mind numbing because everybody's so used to scoring fifty a game. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's and not, not to say that there aren't some issues and that they need to figure it out, but it's just I, we're kind of spoiled. I, I want to prove. I, I thought about this a lot this week. I, I want to make a point, and I want to see if we where we're at in two weeks, and we'll revisit this. Remember last year when early in the season, it was Jalen Wright with fumble, fumble, fumble. And everybody kept talking about how he couldn't hold on to the ball. We got to get him out of there and all this stuff. And then what happened? Like he, he settled down because why? He missed most of fall camp. Most of these receivers missed a lot of time in fall camp. Could this be similar to that? That, that they need to get a couple of games in to get their feet wet a little bit. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Again, I'm interested to see where they're at in two weeks. Are they catching the ball better in two weeks? Is Joe's accuracy just a fraction better through the next two weeks? I know he didn't miss time, but the receivers did You know, at, at, at points in time. So I, I want to know what they look like in two weeks. Well, well kind of on that, Austin, again, I, we're not out there the whole time. We don't see everything, so I'm not trying to act like we do. But I know those receivers didn't play in the scrimmages. But, man, they were out there a lot in practice, and they're catching balls from Milton and, and Nico and – I mean, they're 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 doing eleven on eleven. It's not like they didn't practice for a month. They just didn't scrimmage, right? I mean, they still got plenty of work. There were practices they missed. There were plenty of practices they missed. Now, yeah, they they did do scrimmage work in regular practice, yeah, and and didn't do it in the in like the actual you know fall camp scrimmages. But like like Jalen um, Wright didn't have contact for a month essentially, right? I mean, that's correct. I mean, last it's, year it's a little bit apples to oranges, but mm-hmm. to me, it, it can be a, maybe it's oranges to tangerines. Like, I mean. <laughs> You know, um, or if I really want to keep going down the rabbit hole of, of blunders, I can just start, you know, throwing out bananas and, and strawberries. Um, but the, the point is, is like, I, I just wonder, is it, does the time missed collectively cause them to be off? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a crazy theory. Maybe in two weeks they're still dropping balls and Joe's still, you know, marginally accurate or inaccurate. You know, I, you know, I, I want to see him in two weeks. Another one here from Gulf Coast Vol. Uh, Rob, any tips for fans traveling down to Gainesville this year? <laughs> keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> People, keep your head on a swivel is my tip. Yeah. I no mean, Boston it, Johnnies or anything? Uh, I mean, it's not as it's not it's not as rowdy as it once was, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I mean it's they'll be ready to go Saturday night. It it no, won't be it won't be it it's not like you're going in and you're going out to a nice non-conference venue where everybody says, "Hey, how you doing?" and super polite and all those things. It it, it won't be anything like that. So yeah, no, swivel. I mean, I, I, Hubbard and AP. I don't know if you guys are what your experiences have been, but they dress better. But Georgia fans are way worse, in my opinion. I've I've never seen. I mean, as far as like visiting rough, fans, rough, rough. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Georgia right now is—I mean, they're hot. I mean, they're better. I'm talking about 30 years ago when they weren't hot. It's still bad. I've—I've <laughs> I've never seen cups of urine thrown on opposing fans at Florida. This is true. After the uh, 2004 game, when I was a student, um, I've seen that at Athens. My college roommate and I—we um, rolled right down the the main drag there on campus, and I was hanging out the window. Uh, you know, having a little bit of fun. <laughs> and Aaron Hernandez shot you. And and they started ch- started chucking uh, like produce. You know, it was like cabbage and 
and and lettuce and <laughs> all kinds of stuff at the car. So, uh, you know, like I, I was, I'm gonna rob to a degree. I don't think the only time I've ever noticed Florida being bad is when you're actually you're on the sidelines and there's a uh, pathway behind the bench that's about this wide, and you have to go in between the and it's really the students. So, like you know, like these people will screw with you all night long so you just kind of have to keep your head down you know like you know not not engage and 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 get to the other side of the field but that's really the only time i've ever i've ever dealt with anything in florida let's go to sam smith twenty two thirty three. how would you script the first 10 to 15 plays to get joe going on saturday hubs, hubs has got his theory Hubs, go for it, baby <laughs> there's, there's two ways there's two ways to do this in my opinion one run quarterback draw early and let him get hit and and just kind of settle that way just let him just let him get phys, let it get physical, let him get hit and see, you know, settle into the game that way. The other theory is it's he's gonna have a bunch of people in the stands, he's gonna be amped up, he'll do four backflips and warm-ups or whatever it is that he does. So just let him drop back and throw one about 75 yards, you know, on a takeoff and just heave it and and get it out of his system that way. I, I think your biggest concern with Joe is just Joe pressing. For two reasons. One, he didn't play well last week. Okay. Now maybe he, you know, I know he said it's not how you start, it's how you finish, blah, 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 blah. Joe knows he didn't play well, right? Joe watched the tape. Joe's heard it. Joe knows what people are saying. Joe's people know what pe- people are saying. The concern you got with Joe is one, he's going to press because of that. And two, he's going to press because it's it's home. I mean, that's as close to home as he's going to play, right? Now he played Miami and he played well, but you know, playing in Florida is a big deal for Joe. Um, and so I, I think you've got to do whatever, whichever way calms him is where I go. If that means he needs to get hit, then that's the call. That's the play call I'm doing. If he needs to throw one as far as he can and get kind of get settled that way, then I'm even, I don't know his personality well enough to do that, but I don't know that my first route is going to be a 15 yard square in, right. Or, or a 20 yard over route to the tight end. I, I think that I'm going to let him just get it out of his system because it's going to come out fast and hot or I'm going to let him get hit. That's my theory. But what about well, play number one speed option to the wide side of the field? Who'll get hit on that play? I, I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say, as a head coach though, I mean Hubbard, wouldn't you feel pretty confident that Josh knows, you know, what Joe needs, mm-hmm. or, you know, which one of those, what you know, what fits him well in those first, you know, 10, 15 plays? I mean, I, 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 I have a, a high degree of confidence that Josh, you know, has his finger on the pulse of those kind of things. Well, and part of it, I mean, what's Florida going to do? Is Florida going to come out and dare? Dare Tennessee and Joe to throw it? Are they more worried about the run game? Are they more worried about Tennessee throwing it over their head early? You know, for their team, what are they more concerned about? You know, what happened to them in the Utah game, right? I mean, shell shock. They gave up a touchdown on the first play from scrimmage, you know, and and they were kind of behind the eight ball the rest of the night. So what are they most concerned about in terms of how they defend Tennessee? And then what does Tennessee do? I mean, they Tennessee last week came out with one clear mission. If you look at the play calling, AP, it was to get the passing game going in the vertical in the vertical space, right? Get it, it, they didn't throw the sideline sideline stuff. It was downfield to get the passing game in rhythm. After eight attempts, when Joe was one for seven with a completion to Small on a on a swing pass uh, or a screen pass, they said, "You know what? We're just going to go laterally." And they stayed lateral until late in the second half when they threw a, another square into Brew McCoy. Um, so they tried to get it going last week. I don't know that that's the approach this week is, hey, we're going to throw those routes to try to get him going that way. I, I think that, 
you know, you do whatever you feel like is best for him to get settled. And I'm not sure throwing those routes to start the game are the best way to get him settled. Another one here from Sam Smith. Uh, defensively, how do you defend Florida? Do you send pressure, try to make Graham Mertz move and be uncomfortable, or sit back and trust your four to get home? I think he makes it. I mean, I, I think you got to be. I think you got to be multiple in this deal. Um, you know, depends on situation, depends on down and distance. Um, I think you're trying to do different things. I don't think. I don't think Tim Banks has showed showed his hand, AP, and, and all this stuff at this point. So I, I think you're. I think you're trying to – I don't think Graham Mertz likes to get hit. Most quarterbacks don't. I think you're trying to get to him and get him uncomfortable in the pocket as quick as you can. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. I I would, you know, the more pressure, the better chance that you force them into a mistake. And I'm not sure Florida's skill guys on the outside, um, you know, are what they've had in the past. And so, like, I'm not sure it's, you know, like, okay, if we bring pressure and we don't get home, this is 65 yards the other direction. Um, you know, so, like, I, I, I do mix it. Um, and, and again, I, I use, you know, Beasley and, and Pierce. And, you know, like, to me, those are the guys that are right now playing the best football defensively, and I use them a lot. Well, here's the other thing, too. Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm not shy about getting after – I mean, sitting pressure. I'm – you know, Pearsall is a, is a good player, but I mean, that re, they don't. You know, Reedell Anthony's not walking through that door for Florida. Or They're going to work Eugene Wilson the third into the game plan. I think. I just, fast. if I'm Tennessee, I'm not. I'm not. You know, Florida, Graham Mertz, Ricky Pearsall. I mean, the, the skill, the skill. They don't. They don't scare me as far as you know. What's the negative about you know coming after them, especially with how effective Tennessee's been to get after the passer in two weeks. Now, here's the other thing, too, Eric. One thing that Tennessee's not done, I mean, they blitzed, I think, three times last week. They also haven't played a ton of games up front. Remember, go back to that LSU game. A lot of stunts, a lot of twists. They did a lot of different things. That's why I'm saying there's some stuff that Tim Banks hasn't shown yet. They pretty much played it straight up in their pass rush situations, with the exception of, you know, two, three, four blitzes, something like that in two games. So, um, I think he can dial some stuff up and, and test that Florida offensive line and test Graham Mertz pretty early. You've seen a couple of blitzes from Beasley, uh, you know, from from the third layer. Um, yeah. Wesley Walker got home last week. Walker, yeah, but like to your point, the the up front. I mean, go back and look at James Pierce's sacks. I mean, that that's been all James Pierce. Go and look at Tyler Barron. A couple of them against Virginia. Uh, he just let the guys get upfield. They stepped up. He was there to clean it up. I mean, so how many of those games do we see up front? I think it'll be intriguing. DBD88 says, how do you think the offensive line will hold up against Florida's front seven? Any reason for concern that the offensive line is part of the reason we haven't seen the vertical gain that we expect, uh, that we expected to the past two games. Austin. I, you know, I think they'll hold up fine because of the scheme. I mean, are they going to not allow a sack all night? I don't believe that, but I mean, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is like when, you know, the running backs have to help in pass pro that they missed some, you know, a couple of assignments last week. Tight ends have to continue to to help in pass pro. Um, and, you know, if that, uh, if, if they're able to do that, I think they'll hold up just fine. And, you know, again, give Joe enough time to, you know, have time to deliver a pass. They, 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 they dialed up. I think, I think they were trying to dial up a couple of deep shots last week against Austin P and it didn't have against pressure and it didn't happen because the offensive line didn't hold up. Um, I'm sure Florida will test. They like to bring pressure. Communication is going to be a key across the front with, with those five guys. 
Um, and, and as Austin mentioned, you're also going to have to communicate well with your backs to, to pick up run block run blitzes. I don't know that they're going to be able to leak out in the flat like they did against Virginia um, because I think Florida is going to bring some pressure from different places. I think Florida will be aggressive in this game defensively. Doolittle Bowl says if Tennessee's defense continues to perform well this year, will Tim Banks be in consideration for a head coaching gig at the end of the year, Rob? Yeah, I think so. I could, I could see that. I mean, not you know, not a lateral move to a you know a power five team at this level, but sure, I mean, I, I could see that. And I mean, and I think Hubs has been on this for a little while. I mean, I think he's kind of been an undersung, you know, part of of, of Tennessee's success the past couple of years. I mean, you, you you know, the offense gets all the hype. But with what for what he's had to work with, I mean, I think Tim Banks has done a, has done a nice job here in Knoxville. Was yeah. that was that pun intended, Rob? I was going to say no pun intended, right? No pun intended. Um, I, I you know I think that Tim Banks will his name will pop up for some jobs for sure. I think Tim Banks is going to be selective. He makes really good money here. I don't think he wants to go into a situation where he doesn't feel like he can win. Um, because how many shots do you get to be to, to, to get to be a head coach if you fail on your first attempt? Uh, so I think I think Tim Banks is a smart individual who uh, does have goals and, and ambitions to be a head coach, but I don't think he's going to walk into a situation that's not a winning not a winning situation because he doesn't want to be. Um, he doesn't want. I, he's not going to take a job just to take a job. Is what I'm trying to say. So Hubbard, you're saying he's going to be surgical like Tony Elliott and wait for wait for a UVA type no plum plum to come along. No, I, I you know. <laughs> I think he's going to take a job where he thinks he can win, and I think he's going to. I think he's still going to be patient. I don't. I think Tony Elliott decided that year he was taking a job. Period for whatever reason, and he took a job that is not going to work out for him. No, I'm with you. I think Coach Banks is a sharp guy. Let's go to CN31. After two games, I feel like the following needs to get, uh, or who I feel like the following are the ones that need to get the primary touches every single game. Jalen Wright. Call him McKay combine the two words. I do that all the time too. McCallan Castles, not McCastles. McCallan Castles, McCoy, and Squirrel. If they're not touching the ball several times a game, I think there's an issue. Anybody else left out from that from that group of guys? Who else has tar- been targeted in the game? Keaton. Okay. I mean, that's Joe's favorite guy. Joe's got yeah. the best chemistry with Ramel Keaton. He's going to get his targets. But I mean, that's it. There's. <laughs> I mean, you know, saying. I mean, I guess what you're saying is, you're saying Javari Small shouldn't be on the field very much. It should be Jalen Wright. I think Jalen Wright should get more carries than any no. other running back. I don't disagree with that. Um, but I mean, th- those are the weapons. I mean, Chaz Nimrod's not playing right now. Do you have any belief that that Dante Thornton's going to be a factor? I mean, with what we've seen in two games. I mean, I, I felt like AP that they they shrunk that rotation back to three. Is what it felt like to me, and and. Midway through the second quarter of the Austin P game to the end, am I wrong? I mean, because it felt like that receiver rotation, there was no rotation at that point. There wasn't. You know, we'll see if it it, it morphs back or if it stays kind of, you know, what we saw at the end of the Austin P game. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's not that many people to really target. I mean, I do. I, if Jalen Wright's not getting 20, 20 touch, touches in this game, something's wrong. I agree. 11 catches for the running backs so far this year in two games. I feel like that's considerably, you know, higher up than than what it's been, you know, last year and the year before that. So it's nothing to pay attention to. And they motion him out and throw, throw the screen game to him as well. We saw that a couple of times the first two games. Uh let's go 
Recruiting question, Vol underscore Nation. Should we be worried about Cam Michael and Boo visiting Colorado? Michael last week, of course, Boo this week. And who will be pushing the hardest uh, with now Chris Cole and Danny Okoye likely heading elsewhere? Well, I mean, you know, anytime a, a kid you're recruiting or have committed is going to take a visit, I mean, you know, that's worrisome, right? I mean, like Cam Michael's not in the boat, hasn't been close to being in the boat, even though you feel like, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, and him wanting to play offense, what you do makes a lot of sense. Um, as for Boo, um, there are some things that just line up, you know, that, you know, he sticks with Tennessee for me. But anytime you're taking a visit, you have to worry about that. And you have to be very cognizant that, you know, that, that Boo could end up elsewhere. So, you know, I think this is, you know, I, I wouldn't, on the worrisome meter, I'm not making it a 10, but, you know, I wouldn't call it a zero either. Let's we'll stay on recruiting here. Brent will go to you. VFL 1995 says, do you expect the staff to recruit the state of Florida better given all the ties? Surprised they have been more involved in the state. Do you feel like the staff could ever use their ties to recruit the state consistently or would the staff continue to cherry pick every few years? Yeah, wow. I think I heard you mention something like this on the radio the other day. There's the big three in Florida, and then it's like, well, if you make it out of Florida, then, then why? What's that scenario like? But this staff does have ties in the state of Florida. They do, but they're going to they're going to recruit to those ties, and they're going to cherry pick. I mean, they're not going to go set up shop and uh, to borrow Paul Fortenberry's line that the I four corridor down there in in Orlando, where Tennessee is has been at. They're they're not going to line up and um, just live in in that world. So I, I think that um, they're going to recruit Florida, but they're going to spot recruit it. Um, one of the questions we have about Florida is. Florida kids is why are they leaving the state and you got to do your due diligence and your research. Did Florida, Florida state, Miami, not want them at all. Uh, are you beating them out head up for a guy? I mean, there's just a lot of factors that, that go into play. It's the same way with Texas kids. I think you go spot recruit that. I don't think those are two yeah. states that you go blanket recruit because they're, they're not close, not super close. Obviously Florida's closer than Texas, but it's a different level of competition in there for, for, for what you're recruiting because you've got big-name schools in that state. In the state of Georgia, you got one big-name school. No offense, Georgia Tech. Now, you got everybody else coming in trying to grab it, you know, but you're beating out one school. I mean, Florida Florida State's rolling. Miami's going. Florida. I mean, it, it's hard to go down there and just straight-up beat those guys out for kids. Heck, UCF. UCF. There you go, AP. Yeah, exactly right. Central Florida. I mean, sir, I mean if you go – I mean, Tennessee's got some players, but if you go back, I mean, 20, 30 years, I mean, who have they really gotten that's a great player out of Florida? I mean, they recruited all the time. I mean, Kurt Majit was a good player. You go back even further, Alvin Harper from, from Frostproof. Yeah. I mean, Florida. They, but, I mean, they took Travis Henry because nobody in the state of Florida wanted Travis Henry. I mean, Travis, they beat out BYU for Travis Henry. Ooh. Sample that one. You no, know? I'm. But, but there's, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm I mean, biting there's, my tongue on polygamy jokes. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids, you know, in the state of Florida, who, you know, that Tennessee took that the the big three didn't want, and, and they didn't, not, you know, a good number of them didn't pan out. Others did. I mean, people will say Josh Palmer. He's from Canada. You know, he's not originally mm-hmm. from Florida. I mean, there, there's just all kinds of variables there. You go recruit the state, but I don't think you're going to look up and say, hey, they've signed twelve from Florida. Tennessee's never. I don't think Tennessee's ever going to do, do that in recruiting AP. No, in re, in reality, what you have to do is you have to go find like that Dylan Sampson, who's kind of that undersized back, who's can you know kind of like a little jitterbug that maybe LSU didn't want because you know 
they just you know felt like he was a dime a dozen and he but he's still a really good athlete you you've got to go find that guy in the state of florida tennessee's got to continue to recruit virginia well north carolina uh georgia obviously that's never going to change but you know i mean like you can't live in florida and you can't live in texas that's you know that's pretty well proven again that's not to say you can't get a player or two but you know if you're living in those areas that, that's a recipe for i mean hubbard just mentioned the three big schools i mean how many schools are in texas i mean now that they're moving into the conference I mean, yeah i mean you've I mean, got two sec schools now maybe you got you know smu's SMU, going to the acc right, baylor well baylor i mean it's, it's hard but you know you're talking about dylan sampson and and you know, getting a, a quote di- or an undersized diamond in the rough. You had to beat out one Power Five school for that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. To, to find to find a diamond in the rough in Florida, you're you're going to assume that Florida State, Miami, Florida, Central Florida, ignored them, didn't find them. Yeah, it's hard in this day and age, man. I'm just, I mean, that's just a different. It's it's different that way. I'm not saying you don't go recruit it, but you're not going to go down there and make a big time living in that state and that be the bulk of your class. We got plenty more questions we're going to get into, but first, let's get a word from our proud sponsors, Exterior Home Solutions. You know, life happens, and damage to your home can be extremely stressful. That's why it's important to find someone who offers efficient, quality work with financing options. Exterior Home Solutions, they value not only family, but community. And they're who I call when life happens, and you should too. I said it better myself. I, I just couldn't wait, AP. We're going to see it. A ton tonight. I just, I just couldn't wait. I had to. Hey, AP, I don't even need any roof for it, but when you point at me, I just, re- I reach for the phone. When you, as you me. should, <laughs> call Dustin and Jeff today. Absolutely. All right, let's stay with AP here. What comes first? We'll go to Vol Dogs Twelve. What comes first? Another Tennessee commit or Christmas decorations going up in the Price household? <laughs> That's actually a good question. That's it a is. great question. It is a good. It's a great question for September. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to think here. At this point in time, I think it's going to be Christmas decorations. All right, so so here's my question, AP. Will Christmas decorations be up by fall break in the Price House? No, they won't be up the first part of October. Okay, but they'll be up before Halloween. They normally are. They yeah. normally are. When, when, kids come, when kids come here to trick-or-treat, there's a Christmas tree in the background. AP, will you have your Christmas tree up before you have your next phone call with Mel Tucker? It is uh, funny. Um, it is too. It is too much stuff to put up for thirty. Oh my goodness! And AP, I, I, AP gives out AP gives out Christmas tree little Debbie cakes for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, it's gonna be the. I, I gotta get the early look on the Christmas. Uh, the Christmas tree Reese's. I was going to say, everybody talks about the Easter egg Reese's, but the Christmas tree Reese's, AP gets an early stock, gives them out for Halloween. Well, no, you know, I mean, like, they're, they're, I won't ask, I'm going to ask the three of you all, this is this is my question for the podcast, um, by Austin underscore Price. Best, best Halloween or, an, or holiday-themed Reese's. Which one is it? I don't like peanut butter, so I'm out. I don't either, but it has to be the Easter egg, isn't it? It's got to be the egg. It is the egg. Not... I agree. There's more peanut butter in it. The best thing. Do they make a pumpkin, AP? They do. They do uh, pumpkins. That's actually the first one. Didn't then even know that trees, they made a pumpkin. Then they go to hearts, and then they go to eggs. I'd go they do, the do, they do do. They do do hearts. I've seen the hearts before. I don't know, something about the theme of the, the holiday just makes it better. 
It, no, it's called fresh, fresh peanut butter. <laughs> it's, fresh, it's like fresh grease for French fries, Eric Kane. Here we go. Next question. Here we go. Game changer, right, AP? It's a huge oh. game All right. Let's go uh Rotley for life. What is the percentage that Cooper Mays is back this weekend? And, oh, and if you don't want to do this weekend, what about UTSA next week? Uh, Hub, Hubs has already gave us percentage. Go for it, Hubs. I did? You said 64? 60-40. I'm at 60-40. We'll see. I, I mean, That's I don't know. You told me he wasn't going to play. You're like at 12. I mean, you're all over the map. I'm, I'm like Eric, average. Just put it at Hubbard's five. Still, oh, like Hubbard's still surprised the sun came up today, AP. He is so <laughs> Hubs is so bent over my my scale the other night. He's so taken aback by it. I mean, I mean that's that's just math. I mean, it's bad math. Well, I never said I was good oh, at math. No. Bad, just, math I, bad math is forty eight minutes in a football game. Right? <laughs> Maybe that was just confusion. Again, too many high school games, man. I look at that clock going. 12 more minutes, I got to listen to Packer talk. And, and uh, you know, I mean, like, I just, you know. I said this on the uh, on the two-minute drill. Um, normally, we kind of chuckle at, at Josh Heupel's, well, we'll find out on Friday. Yep. You know, we'll see on Friday. When you know, you already know the answer, right? I mean, it, it's, okay. Um, I think this one's legit. I think this one is you're not going to know until – Friday evening, Saturday morning. I really do. I, I think, I think he's, he's going on the trip. Time, I agree. I think he's going to go on the trip. I think this is the one time where when Josh Heupel says, we'll know more on Friday, he's being truthful. They'll know more on Friday on, on this one. Because I think each day is a true evaluation. Because it's how does it feel? How does he respond? You know, how does the body feel? Where, is the, where does he think he's at? Where do the doctors think he's at? All those things. Are going to be up until Saturday day that those th- that that that's being discussed. My guess is Ollie Lane starts at center, but I, you know if they struggle a little bit, I could certainly see Cooper getting in, in there early. If Cooper plays, he's not going to play the whole game. They will continue to rotate at the center position because I don't think he's going to be in 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 enough game shape to play an entire game, even if he were to start it. So that percentage would go up for UTSA significantly, right? AP? Yes, I I, yeah. I think he's back in full for for UTSA. No, but if that's hey, his first you action, down to, can't you just go down to the basement and ask him? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, let's go to Greg One Vols. I would love to see Wright, Jalen Wright, get twenty-five to thirty carries this week. Old school football. Will we ever see a back in Josh Heupel's offense get that many carries? The answer simply is no, right, guys? Not no. unless there's some injuries. I wouldn't think. What, what do you guys? Not not at the pace that they play at. Yeah. I mean, look at the number of. I mean, we we've seen running backs tap out because of fatigue, because of the pace that they're playing at in a drive, you know? Yeah. So, no, I don't think you're going to see them give – they're not going to give the running back 30, 35 carries in a game. It's just not – I don't see that happening. Volume shooter, like the handle here. What will be the biggest storyline on Monday if the Vols win? On the flip side, what, have, uh, what would have to happen for the Gators to win and keep that streak alive? Well, I mean, if Florida if Florida's going to win, in my opinion, that you know Tennessee's passing game remains off off bubble. It remains yeah. off center and doesn't get going with the passing game. Uh, and Tennessee probably has turned the football over and not played a very clean football game. Um, you know, if Tennessee wins, the storyline is going to be Joe Milton got his signature win. I, I think. I mean, because I don't think Tennessee wins with Joe Milton having a bad day and they win in spite of him. I think if I think Tennessee wins if Joe Milton plays, you know, solid to to above to above that, 
and that would be a quote signature win. No offense to the Clemson Bowl win, but that would be a different type of signature win because you're winning on the road in the SEC. And AP, you set the course for the possibility of of an unbeaten team in Knoxville with with A and M or South Carolina being in town, right? Yeah, I mean that that's right. And again, last year was the the capper on the season. The season the hay was in the barn. That was. If you win, great. If not, it's been a heck of a run, and, and you made the Orange Bowl, and you didn't have Hendon. Um, this is Joe's team. And so, you know, to me, I agree with Hubs. I think this is a it, – it sets the stage for, you know, you're, you're not going to lose UTSA. And and I don't think they're losing South Carolina. So, you know, I think, you know, you're setting the real good chance that you go into the bye week undefeated if you can win this game Saturday. Whereas if you don't win it, you know, it brings South Carolina more into doubt – and so on and so forth. Nashville TN Hub says, how many portal, got, portal guys do you think Tennessee will take? Did a rough estimate. Looks like 10 to 12 plus. Uh, keep in mind, Tennessee took eight last year. Well, I mean, I think that's an, that's a hard number to, to come to, turn, to, to say because you don't know who's going to be here and who's not going to be here at, at this point. You're also going to stay under 85. I mean, you're going to be hovering around 81, 82, somewhere in there with your with your scholarship deals. So, um, you know that that could you got to be careful with your numbers in January. You know because the way numbers count, because you got to stay under that number. Um, <clears throat> some guys leave the program. I mean, I would I would say what AP six to ten, eight. I mean, to 10, what do they have? Twenty? They have twenty high school kids committed right now. Nineteen, I think. Nineteen. I mean, they got a massive freshman class and then a massive senior class, and then in between is not, you know, not that much. So, yeah, I mean, I think somewhere between seven and eleven. You didn't like my six to ten. I just want to add one more to each side. <laughs> it's going to be different. What, what were you? What were you beating on over there, Eric? I mean, like, uh, I heard you type out and type louder. Uh, uh, typing. Uh, I didn't Did beat you, the mic. Do you type like Craig Price? You know. One no, I don't do that. Um, I'm having to add to this list because we're going through them all. Stump jumper. What's Florida's total rushing yard going to be? Rushing yards going to be on Saturday uh, versus the Vols total. Sixty-two. Yards. I'll take the over, but not by much. Well, he didn't give a number. He you got to you got to factor it. No, man, we're playing the prices right. I'm taking. Okay. I'm taking sixty-three in the over. How's that? I'll take sixty-four. <laughs> Well, they, had, they had 13 against Utah, but how much of that was because of – I mean, they, they gave up five uh, uh, What the – I for, always forget the – is it Montreal Johnson or whatever? He had 25. ETN had like nine. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was bad. They didn't and, 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 and Mertz lost like 45, 46 yards in sacks. Yeah. So, I mean, so uh, they had some, but it wasn't – I mean, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't good, even with the sack yardage. No, now, they get their center back this week. We'll see how much better they are on the offensive line in week three. They were not very good up front in, in week one. So, we'll we'll see how their offensive line plays. They obviously, you know, feel like they found a little something, even though they're playing McNeese. They had 117 yards in the first quarter and um, sort of got their, their footing under them a little bit, they feel like. So, we'll see. Tennessee's been good against the run, though. Uh, they were good against the run last year, with the exception sure. of Anthony Richardson when he was out roaming around. I think he had 62 yards, 64 yards in the game last year. He was a leading rusher for Florida when he just started making a bunch of backyard plays, you know, when Tennessee lost him in contain. Plays that Mertz likely isn't going to make. Probably not, AP. <laughs> not not going to make him like Anthony Richardson did, that's for sure. We will end with about four or five here from Athrun. Um 
Okoye, all but gone with his announcements now before the official visit, correct? In my opinion, yes. Okay. New names after senior tape will start coming out next week, right? When should we start hearing some new names? I mean, I know it's just dependent on, I mean, it varies every year, but yeah, I mean, like, Keith and all that was this time last year. You normally year. see it mid to late September. And when, when did Arian Carter pop up? About, as a, about this time. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. How many kids do you think we can circle back around to in recruiting if the offense gets on track the way we think it can and should? And do we start looking dominant again, essentially circle back around to some recruits who may be committed elsewhere or have lost some momentum with? Yeah, I mean, they're still going to try to recruit Ryan Wingo. I mean, Kelsey went and saw him last week. They, um, they're going to swing back around to probably Amir. I mean, they already swung back around to Amaris Williams and Cam Fountain. I could see him swinging back around to Kai Bates. You know, we'll see. Uh, again, you know, um, a lot of the haze in the barn, but, you know, probably a few bells left out there. Interesting with Ryan Wingo, the longer he goes, the less the NIL value thing comes into play. The from NIL Missouri. all comes into play from Missouri. Yep. He's going to be a midterm enrollee. So, you know, the, the idea that he was going to get more money early by going to Missouri, the longer he goes, the less that becomes a factor. That's why what Texas AP is that's that's the other school people. Yeah, are if, if he's not pulling the trigger right now, then Texas has become you know, probably yes. the favorite. And and they and they obviously threw it really well. They've got young, you know, they got a quarterback and everybody feels like Texas is back. So uh, I, I think the longer it goes that then Tennessee's chasing Texas and not chasing Missouri. Yeah. And the last one here from Athron, it's not recruiting. You go back to the team. Do you think that Tennessee can continue to pressure the quarterbacks as well as it has so far moving into conference play. It's a million-dollar question, guys. Rob, uh, I love the the depth that they have. They're going to play 10 to 12 guys. I like Pierce. I like Barron so far. Uh, Omar Norman Lott's added a lot. Uh, again, there's – no pun intended. There's um, there's a lot of options up there, and, and um, I'm intrigued to see what they look like against an SEC offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to average five-and-a-half sacks a game. In yeah. SEC play, like they have in the first two I weeks. I think it'll be good. Why not, Bob? Come on. I mean, like, make a ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to be able to get to the quarterback. I mean, again, I'm not five, six times a game like they have the first two weeks. But, I, you know, James Pierce, I mean, I think is a, is, is a dude. I mean, Tyler Barron, if he stays healthy, is looks like he's going to be productive. And, you know, they're, they're better up the middle than, than they have been with, with Omari, with, with, with Norman Lott. I just, you know, they're not going to be the 85 Bears, but yeah, I think the pass rush is going to be pretty consistent this year. 14 DFLs in a game. Is that going to happen again this year? Sure. They play Vandy. They play Kentucky. They got Connecticut coming up. Could happen. So, so you've got them as the 2000 Ravens, not the 85 Bears. Yeah, exactly, AP. That's right. All right, guys, appreciate you for sending in your questions uh, every single week here for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. A lot of recruiting questions, a lot of team questions, Tennessee. At Florida, Austin Price, what a deal we have going on right now at VolQuest.com. That's right. I mean, we're 38 minutes in. If we go another 10, we go to the length of the whole football game, 48 minutes. <laughs> and we can get VolQuest half price. VolQuest half price, 50% off your first year of an annual subscription. Again, that's VolQuest.com. Plus, still doing the $1 for one month, but you get some value. Half price for a year at VolQuest.com. It's going to... It's going to end after this game, so go ahead and take advantage if you're listening right now on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and you're not a member with us yet. Now is the time to go ahead. And Hubs, Hub, Hubs guarantees a win if you sign up for a half price. 
Yeah, that's in the super secret email, right, Rob? <laughs> I got to believe that to see that, Rob, that Hub said that. Rob, you, all I've got to say is 39 and almost 40 minutes into this podcast, Rob Lewis, you just keep being you, buddy. You be you, Rob. I just can't wait to see Hubbard's prediction Friday, AP. That's all. I can't wait. You be you, Rob. He's Never. got. He's got. He's. Is he gonna try to get out of it again, AP, and and not give one? Oh, he's predicting a Tennessee blowout. I I, I know it. He's gonna predict the game one way or the other. Or I'll go in and edit edit <laughs> score. And we're not gonna say oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'll abstain. <laughs> Oh, UBU, Hover, don't ever change. Uh, exterior Home Solutions never changes. They are quality uh, you know, for your home, roofing, siding, windows, quality work, UT fans, great people. Give them a call today for a free consultation, a free estimate, 865-524-5888, exteriorhomesolutions.com. Brent Hubs, Rob Lewis, Austin Price, I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being here on the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.